Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Two in One Golf Podcast. Madison here, and uh, switching it up a little bit tonight. Sterling is is not on, but we do have Mike back. So tonight it's going to be the the M M&M and M show. I guess we want to call it that. Mike, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here, as always. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I guess a little bit going on this week. We did have the the PNC this weekend. It was. Um, I mean, it seemed to be a pretty good event, action-packed. Uh, VJ and his son, Cass, won. Um, so congratulations to them. I, I got to tell you, watching those guys still swing it just so smooth and so effortlessly is is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, Tiger and Charlie in the field as well. Um, and I think that must have been the the spotlight of the week because when i flipped on coverage that's that's pretty much all i saw um highlights that's all i saw i don't i don't know about you what what were you looking at out there oh absolutely you know unsurprisingly tiger and charlie dominated the coverage if they were you know even standing over a shot you know they were getting the full treatment whereas you know everyone else it was oh we can cut to so and so and you're catching them practically when they're taking the club back so I think we got to really get to see Tiger and Charlie go through their process, you know, got to see a lot of uh, the banter between shots, what's what's going on in their heads, that sort of thing, you know, to the detriment of covering some of the other groups. Eh, maybe, maybe, uh, but fun to watch them play. Absolutely uh, tough to see Charlie not moving around very well yesterday. <laughs> You know, uh, definitely glad to see him moving around a little bit better today. So that was that was nice. And uh, but yeah, I mean, where did Cass Singh come from? You know, what was that was pretty his game was pretty impressive, which, uh, you know, I didn't know that uh, he really had all that much going on, to be quite honest. Yeah, so I looked him up a little bit just to kind of figure out like what he's been doing. It's it's it yeah. sounds like he was tr- you know maybe trying to get on tour, and he's mm-hmm. I think he's been playing some minor league golf. I think that okay. he really is on a minor league golf tour right now. But you know they've they've been close a lot. They've got a lot of runner ups. Right. I think like a couple thirds. Um, so it's not surprising that they won. I guess. I mean, they thirteen under. I think is what they shot today. Yeah. Um, but just playing incredible lights out just lights out golf but yeah his his game was really really good as well and another team that shot 13 under today and kind of i'd say or at least for one of them the complete opposite right a complete 180 Mm -hmm. from that group the dailies went out there and i don't know if you saw this um their tea time today i think was like 11 51 and john daly showed up at 11 30 11 30 yeah zero was- putts zero chips zero swings um but a couple diet cokes and he was ready to go you know just absolute baller and that is just you know that's the stuff that the john daly legend is made of and to go out there and play the way he did i mean it, it's just a testament to the amount of feel that that guy has in his game and things like mechanics, warm up, you know, any of those sorts of things just go right out the window. And it's, you know, just a a testament to an amazing pair of hands that can pretty much get the, get the club face back to the ball in the right position, no matter what. So, yeah, it it really is amazing. And it, 
a huge shout out and credit to um to his son John Daly the second. He just he's great. I mean, he's got a lot of game. You can you can definitely see it. A lot of similarities to his dad, but you can see it's it's maybe a little more refined. John Daly is a little more free swinging. I think his son has has a little more of a refined game, but still elements of that that John Daly like, you know, he'll take a lash at, at a ball. Um but man, I mean, he he played really really well, but Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The the biggest takeaway and the thing I think is so funny is is John Daly as as the player, right? All these other tour players out there grinding on the range beforehand, they're getting there an hour before, you know, they're hitting balls, they're putting, they're, you know, they're doing all these things. And John Daly just shows up and and like you said, it's just all feel for him. It's all, you know, it's it's just in the hands and he doesn't need all that. And he can still go out there and he and his son can shoot 13 under. It's it's quite amazing, honestly. Oh, it's it's absolutely incredible. And the 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 length of the backswing that he yeah. still has the fact that he can make that big a turn at his age in his physical condition <laughs> let's be honest it's not like he's freddie couples or right yeah you know bernhard lang or anyone who's really put a lot of a lot of effort into his fitness he's just absolutely a freak of nature but i you, you contrasted little john's swing and definitely you know, JD2 is a little more textbook, a little bit shorter backswing, definitely looks a little more refined, but the the hands around the green, the mm-hmm. touch shots, that sort of thing. Again, I think it's that that same that same kind of magic has rubbed off on him. And I'm really interested to see what he can do. I didn't take a good look at what he'd done in his uh, I guess it was just his first semester. At Arkansas, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean he just he just got there, but really interesting to see what he's gonna be able to do and you know how will he how will he conduct himself, how will he live his life, how will he learn from learn from his dad's experiences and yeah, but I love to watch his game. Absolutely love to watch his game. Yeah, I think I think you were right there. Just what you were kind of talking about uh, about his game around the the green, and that's that's I think that creativity that you saw from John Daly, just kind mm-hmm. of passing along, just looking at shots a little bit differently than everyone else. I mean, you you look at the guys who you know are very um, I want to say textbook, right? The, the mm-hmm. guys who play play the game one way, um, and they're not looking at those shots the same way as right. as the Dailies or or even some other people, but. Kind of going back to the more traditional route, um, yeah. So Tiger and Charlie, Tiger clearly still on one leg. Um, Charlie rolls his ankle. Did he roll it on a curb or something? How, how did he? Something like that. I didn't get a whole lot of clarity on it, but yeah, uh, he managed to do it right before the pro am, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, horrible timing for that. You hate to see it. You absolutely hate to see that. Not yeah. even as a bit. I mean. Who wants to see a kid get hurt, but really fought through it. He did. You know, um, the swing that he had going through the Pro-Am and yesterday where he was basically just hitting the ball flat-footed mm-hmm. and still, for the most part, making pretty good contact. I was I was pretty impressed with his ability to just kind of gut it out. That was That was something. That was something. Yeah, it, it really was. And I mean, I just 
you know, not the way there had been so much um, hype for Charlie being there. Right. I mean, he's he's taller than what he was last year. He's clearly bigger and stronger than what he was last year. So, I mean, everyone was really kind of excited to see what he could do. And then for him to go out there and and get hurt and then basically they're sharing one pair of legs, one good pair of legs between them this week. It's not not really what you wanted to see. But I think for the most part, you know, the shots that he was hitting, at least today, uh, where he was at least, you know, able to follow through and really kind of rotate a little bit better um, were good shots. I mean, I I think they really were. I, I saw somewhere maybe it was on Twitter. Someone was saying, you know, that his game is very good, but still keeping in mind that and in a lot of the tournaments that he's playing in, he's still not, you know, finishing in a lot of top fives, which to me is is surprising. Right. But I also don't know the caliber of, of you know, other yeah. kids he's playing with. I got to assume that the youth that's coming up now with all of the, you know, all of the extra tools and training aids and everything like that have to be on a different level than than a lot of the stars that are out there now. So um, he he played Absolutely. great. But um, for for him to be out there and seeing his game today and and kind of keeping that in the back of your mind that he's still not not getting too many top fives in the events that he's he's entering in is quite amazing. It's it it really is. And I I looked him up on Junior Golf scoreboard and his rank is in the four in the low four thousands. Mm. Uh, compare that to David Duvall's son now, who did just win an AJGA tournament. Um, and Brady Duvall's rank is uh, is thirteen ten. So obviously, there's a lot of room for Charlie to improve. Which, like you said, that's just a testament to how insanely competitive junior golf is these days. And you know, the I've got to think that the the comparisons to his dad and the fact that. When Tiger was 13 years old, he had already won a ton of stuff. It's got to be difficult. I, I, I just I can't put it any other way. It's got to be pretty brutal. I can't imagine what it's like Yeah, being the son of the greatest golfer who ever lived and you deciding, hey, I'm going to give this a go too and see how, see how I do. You know, Jack Nicholas's son's Mm-hmm. tried and neither of them really made much of an impact in uh in professional golf and in fact his uh his son gary went and got his amateur status yeah reinstated so again i my hat's off to him for even trying to be quite honest because it'd be so easy to say there's no way that i can measure up to this I'm going to make soccer my thing or I'm going to make right, basketball yeah. my thing. I'm going to make something else my thing so that way the comparisons don't even happen. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, his daughter is obviously a, a great soccer player and right. she decided to not go the the golf route, which would have been easy as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking too. There's got to be you know, at least some amount of pressure that he's you know, putting on himself as well, which, which could cause, um, you know, some of his bad finishes or, or poor finishes or whatnot. But I will say as well, he did have a, a pretty substantial growth spurt in, in the last year. Um, like I said, it does seem like he is, he's bigger, stronger, uh, has put on some muscle and, 
I think that can mess with your game a little bit as well. I mean, we kind of saw that with with Bryson a little bit as he was transitioning. He his like his distances were were kind of off. He was putting himself in some awkward spots because he wasn't used to being there. And that could be what um, Charlie's experiencing now because he is hitting the ball a long way. And it, at least one video I saw um, when he was playing in a tournament, he was at least 20 or 30 yards past the kids that he was playing with. Right. Um, so that could be another thing. I mean, he, he's just putting himself in positions with clubs that he doesn't feel super comfortable with. But um, his swing looks excellent. It it does look just like Rory McIlroy's swing. I mean, really, almost to a T. Yeah, it really does. The other thing is just getting used to the new body and how it moves and yep. positions, ball position, how far away from the ball are you. All of that is is very different. I you know, I noticed that at a much more rudimentary level, uh, mm-hmm. not nearly as skilled, but with both of my daughters that as they would grow, especially because the growth isn't, it's not slow and linear. It's, you know, a big spurt here and a big spurt there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you've outgrown your clubs. All of a sudden, you know, now you've got to figure out how much farther back from the ball do I move? Is it half an inch? Is it an inch? Is it an inch? Is it two inches? I mean, I'll never forget. It was maybe a year and a half ago and my younger daughter was in a lesson and her coach called me over and said, Mike, take a look. What's wrong with this picture? And I just, I just started shaking my head and she said, yeah, these clubs are way too short now. Way too short. I'm like they weren't too short last week. She's, I know, but they're too short now. So, you know, I, I I can only imagine, especially when you're playing at a really high level and you you have you know you have your routine, you have everything built around the body that you have, and then you know all of a sudden everything's different, and it's yeah. going to take some time. It's going to take some time to get through that. So, I mean. I'm excited to see what he can do, but definitely I think it's way too early to start making comparisons or, or anything like that. He's got to find his own way. Yeah. And you know, I hate to say it, you know, I def- I definitely don't want, you know, to be, uh, you know, really pessimistic on, on the, the uh, career or future career, potential career of Charlie Woods. But, you know, how do you, how do you even begin to try and live up to that legacy? I mean, the amount of wins, the amount of weight, uh, like majors that he has, like there's, there's honestly just no way. Right. I mean, golf is, is completely different. I mean, you don't see that many guys that are consistently winning, right. That are, are winning multiple times a year. I mean, even a Rory McElroy, you know, he's gone years where he hasn't won and, you know, more than one or, or at all. Right. So, when you look at a field like that, where where Tiger was just absolutely torching the field that mm-hmm. he the immense that he was playing in, right? There's no way, especially now, right? We were just talking about how great the talent is on the the youth circuit, right? Right. The AJGA events. There's no way, I don't think, that he even kind of scratches the surface of a Tiger Woods, and I think right. that's going to be, you know, a a tough pill to swallow for him. But is there is there a way for him to get satisfaction out of what he accomplishes rather than using his dad as a measuring stick? And I think that's 
That's the big thing. That I think is going to be a big challenge for Tiger as yes. a parent is being able to create that kind of understanding and that kind of a safe space for Charlie to where Charlie can feel good about what he accomplishes on his own instead of trying to measure himself up against his dad. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is how many how many times have we seen sons trying to follow in their father's professional golf footsteps and who's been successful? I mean, I I can't really think of any. I I can I can think of a lot of failures, both yeah. the Nicholas kids yep. weren't able to do anything. Uh, Ray Floyd's son, Robert, never really amounted to much as a professional golfer. Kevin Stadler never really, he may have won once or twice, but never really did a hell of a lot as a pro. I can think of, if you want to go way back in in the history books, Young Tom Morris was uh, yeah. probably a better a better player than his dad, and especially if he hadn't died at in his early twenties, would have been uh, yeah, maybe one of the greatest golfers who ever lived. But Bill Haas, in recent memory, is really oh, yeah. the only player I can think of who had a has had a better career, a better professional career than his professional golfing dad did. But that's it. That's yeah. it. And you know that there are a lot of, there are probably a lot of kids who we've never even heard anything about who never really even made it into professional golf. We're, we're not even good enough to get past college or anything like that. So it it's just yeah, I think unimaginable, it, really. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where in, in, hopefully tiger and, and everyone charlie surrounds himself with will will kind of kind of preach the same thing to him right it's it's not a, necessarily about achieving your father's goals it's kind of about achieving your goals right? right being maybe being good at golf being good enough at golf to get our scholarship to go play at college i mean not that they <laughs> let's be it's honest not that not that he, that, not that he right. needs it right but um, you know, kind of setting your goals low, like, it, yeah, it would be great to make it on tour. I'm sure the sponsor money would just be rolling in right to have, right. you know, be tied to a woods. But at the same time, you know, I think it's kind of about keeping expectations low, at least for the next couple of years. He's still, I don't know, is he 14 now or 13 or 14? I think he's 13. Okay. I think he's still so, 13. So yeah, there's plenty of time. Yeah. He's, there's plenty of time. Um, and it, it's really still as he, his, his body changes and everything like that. His swing's going to change. His power's going to change. I mean, he's swinging it well, swinging it fast um, and and moving the ball. But yeah, I think it's just kind of about um, kind of setting the expectations and then, you know, kind of moving quickly away from, from the woods story, right? There was um, Annika Sordenstam's son, Will McGee, who's out there, who's 11 and his game looked really, really well. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked really, I mean, I think it, he played really well, but you kind of put them, I think, Charlie and him are two two years different. I guess it, two, yeah, about two years difference. Although the bodies are, I, that's what I'm yeah, saying. It's just day. It's completely day. different, completely different. But you know, I don't think you where 
you know, Will Will McGee, whose whose mother is just as uh, prolific a winner as Tiger Woods, right? I think she right. has does she have 82, 72 wins, ten majors, something along those lines. It's it's unbelievable. Um, it's absolutely unbelievable. I would say the pressure's not anywhere close. I mean, before or before this tournament, let's be honest. Did anyone even know like that? It, was he playing golf? Did anyone know that that was Annika Sormstam's son um, beforehand? I mean, you probably wouldn't. Um, but of course, the last name Woods. There's a lot of pressure on you to be just as good, if not better. And I right. It, and un- unfortunately, I just think um, it's going to be a lot of pressure, and that that can be a detriment to someone. So we'll absolutely, we'll have to figure out. I'm glad you brought up Will McGee. I don't think anyone there had a better time. Oh, he had a blast. Than he did. I think that he... You talk about who really won this thing, because let's face it, one of the... The team who won is one of the greatest... One of the greatest tour pros who's ever lived, Mm -hmm. and a guy who's a grown adult who's playing on mini tours. Of course, they're going to have a great chance at this. Right. The the dailies, you've got another phenomenal tour pro and a a can't miss college prospect. You get down a little farther down the board, and I'm honestly more impressed with like the Harringtons, where where Patty plays rugby. He plays club rugby in school and plays a little golf. And they came out and fired a a smooth little 60 today and finished in fourth. I mean, that, to me, that's really cool. And that is kind of, to me, more the spirit of this thing. Yeah. Is seeing, you know, it's, it's not two really accomplished players playing together, but it's, you know, it's the... It's the dads and the young kids. It's the dads and the kids who have not committed themselves to golf. Yeah. And that, I think, is really, really just as impressive, if not more so. Yeah, and I know that was something that you were talking about, right? That was uh, an idea you'd kicked around for um, should this exist. And um, I kind of agree with you on that, right? Um you know, the VJ Singh being as, as great a player as he is. And then, of course, his son, who is still a professional golfer. I mean, he hasn't had right. the same success, but still a professional still golfer. Still a professional golfer, right. And playing in the same field as, you know, Annika Sormstan and her son. And, you know, as you said, the Harringtons. And, of course, they're all playing, you know, separate tees. It's a mixed tee event, depending on your skill and your age and all of right. these other right. criteria. I, I do agree with what you're saying where I think um, it would be more interesting to to kind of see people that are not involved in the game of golf as far as the, you know, the the child aspect of it. People that right, are not right. necessarily involved in golf and being out there with with their parents. But um, it, I know that that probably wouldn't there probably wouldn't be as many teams, maybe. Um, and and uh, the viewership might not be as high, but. Overall, I think that you're you're right. I think that would be much more interesting to see. Yeah, I know we we did kick that around as a potential uh, should this exist topic, and I think that uh, you know just the the absolute joy that you saw 
with Will playing with his mom. That that to me, that to me couldn't be beat. You know, even Carson Kutcher playing with his dad, and I'm no Matt Kutcher fan by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, that's a lot more fun to watch. This isn't serious golf. It's not supposed yeah. to be serious golf. So let's lean into the non-serious part of it, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, that I think Will and, and maybe some of the others took away from it is you're, you're getting to see some, hall, you know, Hall of Fame golfers out right, there, people right. that maybe, you know, you've looked up to um, as you've been playing or getting into the game. And now you're, you know, inside the ropes with them. So mm-hmm. I think that aspect is also a big benefit as opposed to, you know, maybe someone that's known all these guys or or exactly. um, also on the tour or something like that. So I, I, I agree. Yeah. Casting has played in this how many times? God, I want to say how many times? At least it's, eight. Yeah. It might be double digits. Yeah. So again, I, anytime you get to play golf with your with your dad is special. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock that. That's you know one of the greatest joys I've had in playing golf is is playing with my dad. But at some point, I feel like you need to age out of this thing. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so also this weekend, um, speaking of aging out, I guess um, Roger Maltby, Gary Koch, their last um, their last broadcast um, of their career. It sounds like Roger Maltby might be around for a couple events next year, but that still hasn't been firmed, right. uh, firmed up. But yeah, Gary Coke um, is for sure done. So, I mean, I, I haven't been, you know, around the game of golf or, or watching the game of golf for, for that long. I mean, their career spans 20 plus years. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that you have, so probably much more familiar with them than, than I am. But, um, you know, what do you think, this changes for for kind of the the on air broadcast or um, kind of just how the game is is brought to to the audience. So first of all, nice subtle way in <laughs> you set in me call, up for in, perfect in calling, me, in calling me old there, Madison. But well, um, I will say that they've been calling golf for as long as I can remember, and they've been calling golf since I got back. I got back into golf after graduating from college so they really have been the mainstays of NBC golf you know they are two of the the pillars the key voices of NBC golf for decades absolute decades so certainly certainly it's it's going to be a change um I'm interested to see what comes next. I believe this Smiley Kaufman. Yeah, so he's coming been, on board. I, don't, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I don't know if he's if he's re- officially replacing one of them. I know that he's done some events um, right. just to I, kind of as a trial. But yeah, I mean, I believe I, we're going to see more of him, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. I feel badly for him if this second act of his career is happening now yeah and that he because uh, i would love to see him make one last run at actually playing golf mm-hmm. professionally because it's not that long ago that 
he was being talked about in the same breath as JT and Speed. Yeah, I and, saw him you know, him play a couple years ago. Well, I'm trying to think, probably longer than that. Right. 2018, 2016, the last time they had Tigers event at Congressional, saw mm-hmm. him. I actually have an autographed right. ball from him where, like you said, he was kind of being mentioned in the same breath as them. And then, of course, a lot of struggles. And then he just kind of he just went MIA for a while. I don't think right. anyone really heard anything from him. He just dropped off the face of the earth. He couldn't, from what I heard, he couldn't find the club face. He just, yeah. he could not, he could not play at any kind of a level that uh, would keep him, would keep him out on tour. If this, if it is over, if the dream is over and he's moving into broadcasting, I, it's a good thing for us viewers. I hate to see it for him, mm-hmm. but it is a good thing for us viewers because I think he's he's great. You know, he's just absolutely great behind the mic. So, and I love to hear, I love to hear those insights from someone who's a contemporary of the guys who were playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Roger and uh, and Gary because obviously. They're phenomenal. They're pros, pros, you know, consummate, consummate professionals. But I do, I do like the fact that Smiley is hanging out with some of these guys outside the tournament. That he's on text threads with them. He's a little bit more plugged into yeah. some of the things that a you know, a Gary Coke or a Roger Maltby, they're not going to be running in the same circles as current young tour pros. So I do think that that really brings a lot to the, to the broadcast. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what people have been asking for. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not going to fix the broadcast. Once until they get the commercials ironed out, the plane through figured out, that's when we'll really, um, you know, you'll start to hear some good, good feedback from, from the viewers. But the other thing I think was was getting some younger voices in there, and I, I completely agree with you when you know you say having him kind of running in the same circles. It it also is it. I think the the players may even give him a little bit more as far as insight or you know just kind of some some comments or something like that because they can relate to him right, and he can right. relate to them. Right. Whereas you know Roger and 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 Gary, you know they're. There, I don't know. I don't want to say it, but it'd be like talking to your, your, you know, your your parents or your grandparents, and you know, you're you're a little more reserved. You're a little more buttoned up when you're talking to them because you you don't you don't want them to look at you in a bad light. So, I do think the younger voice um, on the broadcast is a good thing, and I would love to see Colt Nost out there more. He's done some events, but I love hearing Colt Nost on the mic. He's also got a great relationship with everybody, and. Um, it just uh, once again, a really great scholar of the game and really can give you some insight as to what's going on. You know, when, you know, someone's up, a up against a tough shot or, you know, what the, what the putt's going to do. I mean, they're going to be able to give you that insight and really kind of break it down and almost, I don't want to say dumb it down for us, but you know, they're going to be able to relate it a lot better. Right. Right. Now I believe Nost is on CBS right now, right? I think he is. That's where I've heard yeah. his voice. I would love to see yeah. him just get, everywhere but um... me too so i did a little i did a little digging and it looks like brad faxon and uh, kurt byram okay are also going to be joining nbc so not quite the youth movement that you might think because they're both they're both over 60 but i do like faxon 
I do. He's very good. He's very insightful. Kurt Byram is great. Mm-hmm. Great that he's getting the call up to the show from uh, from the Golf Channel, and it looks like Smiley's going to be an on-course reporter. So I think that'll be, again, I, I think that'll be interesting. But like you said, I I don't know if NBC executives are thinking that this is somehow going to make things demonstrably better. It's not. Because the only thing that makes golf demonstrably more watchable is DVRing it so that yeah. you can skip through the commercials and the playing throughs and the interminable FedEx Cup updates. Yeah. You know, the first and second week of the year. <laughs> I mean, come on, please, <laughs> please. Yeah, let's see who's going to win the FedEx Cup one week into the uh, into the tournament calendar. Yeah, we know we know that FedEx has paid an absolutely obscene amount of money Mm -hmm. to basically underwrite the PGA Tour. So certainly I understand the economics of it. They've got to get their due. I have to feel like there are other ways that they could give FedEx the exposure that they need to give to FedEx, but not be nearly so intrusive. Have FedEx's name in the upper right corner of the yes. screen yes. at all times. That is fine. And I feel yeah. like they've they've earned that right. Yep. With the amount of money that they've sunk into this, they've earned that. I would much rather have that than have 15 FedEx Cup updates yeah. in the Sunday broadcast. You know, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't even mind like a FedEx ticker down at the bottom, just scrolling stuff through and that, you know, that FedEx purple and orange. Um, but I, I agree that the commercial load is so heavy. The plane through, they still haven't figured out, which is which just kind of baffles me at this point. There's so many times where the plane through swipe comes at the same time a putt is about to drop or at the same time, you know, someone's uh, making a drop or something. It's, it's always a pivotal moment right and you're like okay well I, at least i can see it and then of course the commercials in it swipes across the screen and i'm like is that the best way to do it you can't just blow up the screen like it has to swipe across i mean I'm, I, I realize i realize when that happens it's just absolutely bad luck it's the worst luck possible mm-hmm. as far as the timing goes but i'm with you don't give me that pretty transition. Just cut right back. Yeah. Or hell, stay on the small screen. Either yeah. one is fine. But yeah. how many times have we missed a key moment because they're doing that? They're doing yeah. that wipe. It's absolutely ridiculous. And to be honest, when I am watching on DVR, I usually fast forward through uh, the playing through segments as well because I just. I don't want to watch them. I don't want to watch it on a screen that's, you know, one fourth of the size <laughs> yeah. of my of my TV. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. We uh, we could honestly have a, a three or four hour podcast just talking about things that we would change in the broadcast. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I do hope this this new movement and some changes. It sounds like you know everyone's kind of messing with their broadcast team a little bit and and trying to bring some more youth in which i think is a great thing and i can't wait to see of course um gary coke's call of tiger's putt at tpc will live uh in infamy um better than most i mean you can't 
can't not play the round of golf or watch golf and and not have heard that quote. So um, wish them all the best. Like I said, may see Roger next year, um, but nothing's been confirmed yet. So um, speaking of next year. Next year. Let's talk about next year. Next year. So I asked you, I asked Sterling as well. We'll get his uh, at a later date, but um, write, write down some goals for your game of golf for, for 2023. And they can be as specific or kind of as broad as possible. But, um, you know, I was hoping throw these goals out and then end of next year, uh, we can kind of look and see how many of those we marked off the list, how many of those might need to get pushed another year or how many of those might just not be achievable. Right. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to toss it over to you and I'll, I'll let you, uh, kick it off for us. All right. Well, I'm glad we're doing this and I'm glad that I'm actually verbalizing these. I'm putting them yes. out into the universe and you know, not just on a Google Doc somewhere <laughs> that only I'm going to see. All our thousands and thousands of listeners are going to are going to hear <laughs> right. these. I'm sure uh, hold me accountable to them. So I broke it down into three areas. Okay. Process goals outcome goals and i added a third category experience goals because there's oh, some okay. things that i want to do that i want to be sure that i do this year okay so process goals i want to hit balls at least twice a week okay. i have a net i have a sky track i have a heater in the garage i have no excuse yeah the excuses are gone there's no reason i shouldn't be practicing yep I also want to practice mid-range putts that those putts that I can practice on the mat with the putt out. I want to do that three times a week. And I also want to work out three times a week. I need to get better about doing that. I am getting just slightly older, just slightly, but I think that that now is really going to be going to be a key for me if I want to at the very least stay where I am but I I really would like to get in much better shape than I can than I am now which is not that hard uh don't have a long <laughs> that's not a that's not a big uh, that's not a big lift to get to, to get to that um so when it comes to outcome goals I want the first digit in my handicap at some point this year to be a 4 again I haven't been in the fours since mid 2021 i never got below five this year okay that was pretty disappointing that was pretty disappointing 4.9 counts i would be good with 4.9 but i want to get that first digit back down to a four i would like to get my driver club head speed consistently above 100 miles an hour on the sky track i can get 100 but not consistent i would like to be able to average 100 miles an hour that's why working out is going to be i think a big key to that i want to get my mid-range putt make percentage up to 40 percent from 23 percent where it is right now which is awful awful i want to get my approach play percentage up to uh, 65% from where it is right now at 59%. Basically, I want to hit one more green and regulation around. 
And I figure if I can hit one more green around, that's going to be one fewer bogey that I make. If I can make one or two more four to 10 foot putts right there, that's the difference between a six and a four right there. Two shots around. Yeah. Two shots around. One better iron shot, one more made four to 10 footer. So I feel like those things are achievable. I do those. Getting back in the fours kind of takes care of itself. So those are the outcome goals. And then experience goals. I played in one stroke play tournament this year, the RVA Open. I want to play in at least one more. really would like to play in more than that. We'll have to see what the schedule allows. But want to play in at least two stroke play tournaments this year. I feel like I really need more experience with that because... If I'm going to try to give my daughter who's playing high school golf any advice <laughs> and she's out there hitting cups, you know, every day in practice and in matches and in tournaments and stuff that I need to have more experience myself. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I want to have a golf adventure with the kids we didn't do anything. We played a lot of golf, but we didn't do anything out of the ordinary this year when it came to golf. So want to be sure that I do something like that. And I definitely want to go back to the, uh, go back down to the sand Hills, do another trip to uh, mid pines and pine needles and Southern pines and uh, I did that with the buddy last year. We threw it together at the very last minute. So it was only the two of us want to try to get a bigger group. Um, definitely we'll send you information on that if you're interested in going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely and, send us uh, that. Yeah, we had we had a blast trying to get a big crew to go down probably around uh, mid-end of February when they're running some uh, some incredible some incredible deals and just had just had an absolute uh, had an absolute blast down there so want to do that again so that's it that's that's 2023 goals for me yeah those all sound sound pretty good i have mine are kind of it's similar um mm -hmm. in in what they are um i don't have them broken down that way but so the first one i have um and this is one where i I've, I've had the the vsga um uh the vsga membership for i don't know th three years now i think mm -hmm. um or no next year will be the third year um i kept saying i was i was going to play in tournaments last year um wasn't able to uh there was one that that i had i think down in uh, one of the golden horseshoe events that mm -hmm. just completely conflicted with um you know an out of town work trip that i had to be on unfortunately I right. played in played in one the year before and had a had a blast. I played horrible, but I had a blast. Um, so my goal this year is to play in, and this is going to be a stretch here, but to play in five. Oh wow! To play okay. in five, and I think you know just kind of positioning them at you know different times through the year. And they, right, let's be honest, the VSGA tournaments are are tough because a lot of them are like on Mondays or Tuesdays, and right. working a full time schedule is it's 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 pretty difficult but um finding some of the strategic ones around times where 
Um, you know, I've got time off anyways. My goal is to play five and just kind of spread them out throughout the year. Um, on top of that, I would like to play 30 rounds of golf this year. So this, uh, or next year, um, this year, I, I didn't even come close to that. I think I only played three full, um, 18 hole rounds. Um, and oh you know, my gosh. probably like probably 10, 10 to 15, nine hole rounds, just stuff from traveling. And, you know, when Sterling and I would go out and, and film or whatever, we'd only play like three or four holes. We wouldn't play a full nine or, or 18 or anything like that. So, um, that's really my goal is, is, is to try and play 30 rounds this year. And it really kind of goes into one of my other goals, which is working on my handicap. So we'll get to that one in a second. Um, um, I like you as far as practice, I, I need to practice more. So, um, my goal is two to three times per week, just whether it's, it's putting or short game, um, irons driver, whatever it is, it can be a full mix, but at least kind of dedicating, um, about an hour a week, which is, which is not too, too much of an ask. Right. Um, because sometimes hitting balls on the range or anything, that time just flies by, but, um, two to three times per week is, is my goal. And I think that's, that's definitely easily to easy to achieve, um, more con- achieving more consistency at the top end of my bag. Um, my irons, I I've, I've gotten pretty comfortable with this year wedges as well. But once, once I get up into, um, whether it's a three iron or hybrid, depending on what I have in my bag, my three wood and my driver, there's days where it's just perfect and I can do mm-hmm. anything I want with them. And then there's days where, uh, you would think someone had just handed me that club before I teed off and they were like, give this one a shot and we'll see. Um, so I just want to find some more consistency there. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, being able to bomb it everywhere. Like, I mean, I, I would, I would be perfectly fine losing a little bit of yardage, but finding the fairway every single time. And that, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm looking for. It's just some more consistency there. Um, th- this is a big one and I, I am very guilty of this. And this probably leads to a lot of my bad rounds, um, warming up before a round. There's a lot of times where I'm just rolling up to the course, you know, especially when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll, I'll finish work for the day and I'll just find a course nearby and I'm basically roll up. I throw my shoes on, grab the bag and it's right on the cart. And then we're, we're on the first tee. There's no warming up and it's hard to, to kind of gauge where your game is, where, you know, you're getting out of a car cold and just hitting balls. I mean, there's, there's no way that you're going to be able to, to feel any type of, um, you know, consistency or where your game is. If you're just, if you're doing that every time. So, you know, at least warming up and it doesn't have to be a full, you know, 20, 30 minute warm up, but just get the body loose, hit some balls, hit some shots, um, before we go out there. Um, so you had, you know, working out at the gym, that's also, also one of mine, but, um, I also want to work on my flexibility as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed, um, you know, I've had some, some back injuries in the past. I've got, Mm. you know, some herniated disc and everything. So, um, you know, sometimes the mobility is not there. It's not, it's not great. So I really want to work on that, being able to, to kind of elongate the backswing a little bit more, getting a little more flexible there. Um, I think can add a little, maybe a little more distance, a little more speed, um, but also just make me feel better, um, as well. Uh, so my handicap 
is currently a 9.3. So I would like to get down to a five. So I'm not going to, not going to be as a great, what, what is yours right now? Are you a seven? I'm a 6.0 oh, index, okay. but I'm trending up. Okay. I, I am going the wrong direction. So I'm quickly going to be a seven if things don't, if I don't turn it around. Yeah. So I started, um, I started last year or started this year. I'm sorry. Started this year at an eight, five and, mm-hmm. um, obviously not playing a lot of golf. And then the golf that I do play has been pretty poor has right. put me at a nine, nine, three now. So I would like to get down to a five. And I think by playing more, warming up more and doing all these other things that should be pretty achievable. Um, but also making sure every score is put in, um, and just finding right. some consistency there. Right. Um, this one's more just a fun one. Um, I would like to play it uh, of the 30 rounds. I'd like to play at least five rounds, uh, with my wife. This is one that she, she was like, you should put that one in there. I was like, okay, sure. That's um, great. I love that. She had, um, picked up the game a couple years ago, really, um, kind of got into it a little more, um, during COVID when we didn't really have a lot going on. But then of course, you know, two children, um, you know, she just, we, neither one of us have had any time. Um, but she definitely hasn't had any time. So she loved to get back into it. Um, and she's surprisingly very good. Um, and so she did, uh, say that I should put in there that we'd play those five rounds and she wouldn't beat me or make sure that she didn't beat me. So, um, hopefully that happens. Okay. Um, and then the biggest one, this is, this is the ultimate goal, right? This is Sterling. And I talked about this. It's the quest Sterling. Yeah. Sterling says there's no shot. I think the, the chances look a little bit better. We're, we're increasing slowly, you know, uh, percent by percent here. Um, but yes, to qualify for the state open next year, I know I don't have a lot of time. Um, but I, I think in doing a lot of these things really kind of taking my time, getting that practice in, um, really playing a lot of golf, I think puts me in a better spot than, than where I am now. And that's, um, that's it. Yeah. What is the handicap qualification for the state open? I I think it's a four or five. Is it? Okay. Okay. I'd have to double check it. Maybe it's a five. Maybe that's why I came up with five. We'll okay. double check that though. Um, I think that's a fantastic goal. Frankly, I think you want to aim high. Yeah. And if you don't get to that, but you get close, that's still a fantastic accomplishment. So yeah, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell anybody not to not to aim high and not to challenge themselves. So more power to you, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And you know what? I it was one of those things I threw out there is just kind of like, you know, just a a reach goal, right? Something right, that right. doesn't necessarily seem achievable right now. But if the stars align and everything goes the right way could be something that happens and you know it's it could also be more of like a a building block right maybe this year i don't qualify and that that could be what most likely will happen but as long as i'm not finishing dead last in the the qualifying heat or um the qualifier um wherever whichever one i go to as long as i'm not finishing dead last maybe if i finish middle of the pack that's something i can build on and then the next year exactly. finishing a little bit higher or maybe qualifying the year after that so that's really just what 
what I'm kind of looking for. And I think the VSGA tournaments, I was kind of shooting to play more of those early in the year just to kind of get some tournament um, experience and tournament reps under my belt before right. before jumping into the um, the qualifier. So um, it'll be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be fun fun to see, fun to uh, see how many of these are are actually achieved. So I can't wait to see your progress. I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I'm considering changing my approach to the VSGA tournaments because. I'd been looking at them. I think I'd been looking at them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. I would focus on, is it a course I want to play? Yes. Is it a course yep. I really, really, really want to play? First of all. And then do I think I'm going to be able to make it that day? And honestly, what I found is I would just come up with excuses to not play and I want to, I want to change that and not turn myself off to courses that I could play any other time. Right. Because I just, I want the tournament experience. And in fact, maybe I should make sure that I try to play in some of those on courses that I already know, because I'd have at least a little course knowledge, even if my game is awful, but they're having something at Meadowbrook or at Stonehenge or Mm -hmm. at a course that I know, at least I'm not going out there cold. Right. Yep. Uh, The other thing is I need to sign up for these things. And then if something comes up, that's fine. First of all, I know my boss does not have a problem with me taking off work to go play golf. In fact, he <laughs> wants me to, he wants me to do it. Um, obviously sometimes a customer meeting or something comes up and that's the only day you can do it. And when that happens, it happens. That's fine. Right. But stop finding excuses not to do it i need to find excuses to play and then if it's just absolutely impossible then fine and i'll let them keep the entry fee as a donation or usually they're pretty good about letting you roll an entry yeah, fee over it. into another mm-hmm. event so i think that that to me is a big that needs to be a big change because i didn't list it as a 2023 goal but in 2024 I'd like to play in the state senior amateur. Yeah. So I figured this year I wanted to just get more tournament reps and see where I am. But that's kind of what I'm looking for is I would love to be able to get my game to the point that I could play and not embarrass myself again. I, I, (laughs) you know, yeah, not looking, not looking to win it. I see the scores that win it. Oh I'm yeah, not going to have that kind of a game. Mm. But if I could, if I could even get, honestly, even if I could just get in, yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, and I think I, I really agree with you on on the kind of the making excuses thing. That's that's pretty much what I did this year. I I told myself I was like when they when they go out like when they open up all of the the tournaments, right? I'm going to pick the courses I want to play cl- courses that maybe I wouldn't have another opportunity to play because they're private or, right. you know, what have you. Um, 
I'm going to pick those first. And so, I don't know what happened. Something came up and I like missed them. And then like a couple of those were booked. And I was like, well, I'll wait another week and then I'll look. And it just got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And then finally, when I was like, all right, we, I just need to get one. Like I, I want to play one. I picked just randomly picked one just at just knee jerk reaction. I was like, I'll, I'll play. Um, I think it was maybe the green course or something, whatever the one at golden horseshoe. Right. I was like, I'll just play that one and didn't even look at the schedule or anything, just picked it. And then of course it comes up and and I've got an out of town meeting. So, you know, I just didn't play it, but that was, that was all just making excuses and delaying and delaying and delaying until it was too late. And there weren't that many tournaments left and it wasn't anything I really wanted to necessarily play in anyways. But um, yeah, I I think that that's, Again, I'm in I'm in that same boat, and between that and not wanting to play in some of the events that are around here because oh I've played that course plenty of times before, or yeah I could play that course anytime. Well, if I look at it differently and look at it as this is an opportunity to play a tournament, yep. Now all of a sudden, I think that takes on a different it takes on a different meaning, and just that experience and just that aspect is and should be enough to get me off my butt and yeah. put in an entry form yeah i agree with you well um that pretty much does it um this All is right. our final show of the year um so want to wish everyone happy holidays we will we will see you next year a lot of great and exciting things coming next year uh, we're working on rolling a website out that uh, we're going to have maybe some articles that we'll be we'll be writing on there. Um, obviously, we're going to continue on with a lot of the uh, social media as far as you know TikTok, YouTube. Uh, we're going to post some more videos on there. We did post our first YouTube video um, last week, so if you haven't seen it, make sure you go check it out. Two in One Golf um, on YouTube. Sterling and I have a quick little match, and uh, quick is the key word there. Um, he closed me out pretty early in match play, but I'm not going to give too much away. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, we will make sure we get information out, um, when we do launch our website. But, um, other than that, Mike, thanks again for hopping on this Sunday evening. I hope you all have a great rest of the year and we'll talk to you in 2023.